Hey guys, welcome back. It's Pause. With me tonight, I've got Adam. Say hello, buddy. How's it going? And uh, we're keeping it conversational this evening. We don't really have a lot of topics in mind for you. We're just kind of kind of see where the evening takes us. We were talking before we came on air about any number of things. Uh, the only one directly relevant to you all. Mostly the Vatican baking scandal. Yes. And that's <laughs> actually where I wanted to start this evening. Because as I was telling you, I've been uh, in the muck with this, trying to get it ready for Scarlet Thread Society for over a month now. Sure. And as I was getting through that, I realized I'm not even scratching the surface yet. This isn't ready to bring to the audience. <laughs> and I'd also point out to you that there'd been what, four or five Vatican Bank scandals? So some people might not even know specifically which one I was talking about. So I suppose for a little bit of background, uh, in the 80s, well, I should say in the 70s is when the events actually took place, and then into the early 80s, there was a bank in Italy called Banco Ambrosiano, And at the time, this was the third largest bank in Italy before it got busted, taking bad loans, illegally exporting Italian currency, and passing off money from those bad loans to the Vatican Bank proper. And after the president-slash-chairman of their board eventually was tried and caught for this, he was off, you know, relatively scot-free as banksters typically are, right? Mm -hmm. He got a fine and he got a suspended sentence and he was able to just go on his way. Except a year after that, he's found dead hanging underneath a bridge in London with his pockets full of bricks and mixed currency worth $15,000 U.S., Now, it came out after all of that, that he had written a letter to the Pope like a week before, warning that if his bank collapsed as a result of what had happened to him, that the church was going to be in grave danger. Hmm. Okay. So how is that for a heck of a setup to something, huh? That's that's a heck of an opening. I'm, I'm almost waiting for Tom Hanks to, like roll into my office here and start babbling about the Da Vinci coders. Yeah. Right. It's (laughs) well, that's exactly what it smells like, right? Like something out of angels and demons or the Da Vinci code. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, he's going to be demanding you take him to a church so he can chip away at a freaking mural or something and find a bank combination. Oh boy. Well, Dan Brown, we love you, but we hate you. Um, (laughs) The guy that was found under the bridge, was that was that Calvi? Yeah, his name was Roberto Calvi. He had worked at Banco Ambrosiano okay. from 1947 all the way till his days before his death in 82. And by the time he died, he was the president and also the chairman of their board. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Go ahead, please. Oh, I was just going to say, in your research, have you come across any references to the Red Brigades? Not to this point, but I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for that to crop up, right? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they were, that would be the time period that they were operating in. Um, 
and I can't remember the name of the person whom they kidnapped. It was a NATO general uh, that they did some pretty bad stuff to, who actually, as I recall, escaped. I think yeah, escaped. and I can't remember just the exact details of that incident either, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very turbulent period in Italy's uh, Italy's history, so to speak. Yeah, you know, in my research, I've actually found out they call that the Years of Lead, which seems like an extremely appropriate name. Mm-hmm. I had that on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, right, exactly, the Years of Lead. Um, I don't remember what political party held sway back then, whether it was a right-wing or a left-wing party. So that's where it kind of gets interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because the one of the surface level connections that I'm obviously going to get deeper into mm-hmm. is the fact that this was right before Gladio got made public, but it was also in the time period okay. when things were still, you know, Gladio was still doing its thing, funding, stay sure. behind networks, propping up fascist parties so that they'd have paramilitaries for later use. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but those same orgs were also interweaving themselves with organized crime that was still there in Italy, so that these people had a mute and interdependent, you know, mutually reinforcing group of shooters to go and do this thug shit with. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'd see so, so many gangsters in that area being involved in political hits. Okay. So were they intertwined with the Sicilian Mafia then, or? Uh, yeah, the Sicilians, the Neapolitans, uh, Venetians, I think, cropped up at one point. Well, that's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't it just, right, for other reasons? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, boy, Spectre lives, apparently. <laughs> um. So you've got all of this, right? And if these groups weren't enough, on top of all that, you've also got the freaking Freemasons of all people, yeah. the infamous P2 Propaganda Do Lodge in Italy, mm-hmm. you know, whose membership role contained at various points the heads of all of Italy's intelligence agencies, right. their national police, several prime ministers, all sorts of judges. Yeah, um, wasn't uh, Berlusconi in there? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, before he even entered I can't politics. If he, was or if he was affiliated. Yeah, so one right. wonders almost if they weren't grooming him before he got into the game, right? Yeah, right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and then you know, obviously, then there's the Vatican themselves, right? What was their connection? Because you know, all due respect to my Catholic friends, we know that they're earthly apparatus absolutely loves palling around with fascists and they're certainly not afraid of working with gangsters you know between the rat lines and every other thing it's not exactly unheard of for them to have the connections with these people yeah it wouldn't seem uh wouldn't seem that they mind so much it's funny if you look at any of these kind of i guess for lack of a better word european-based conspiracies you scratch the surface and pretty soon you're looking at either the church or some sort of secret society that encompasses 
um, politicians and and or the military or or you know intelligence. It's rather interesting. Yeah, or all of the above. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, I've just been really deep into that. I was also telling you before we came on that I've got a Dropbox account just chock full mm-hmm. of translated Italian newspapers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that they've been available before now. But sure. who knows if anyone's ever actually put in the work to translate any of this stuff for American scholarship before. Yeah. I've certainly never come across any of it, at least. Hmm. So, you know, I've got... <laughs> just a lot more digging in than I ever expected to have to do. There's right. even connections in this to the uh, narco gangs in South America and Polish trade unions on top of this. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. This Banco Ambrosiano stuff touches basically everything in the anti-communist fight of the late seventies. It seems like that means it would have touched the solidarity movement in Poland. That's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, Have you come across any – is there any connection in this – in these threads, so to speak, to anything that's happened stateside? Any conspiracies or otherwise? Well, I think via the Sandinistas and the other stuff that was going in South America, uh, you can rope in the CIA just like that. Yep. Okay. So this and on top of that, with the Gladio connections, you know, yeah, yeah, and uh, Bush Senior, even. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I don't remember. I don't. I remember should say Bush Senior at the CIA is what I mean. Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't recall. Gladio ever becoming some sort of uh, ever being disclosed officially, but no. And even as recently as 2006, the U S was still denying that it happened. And even though it happened, we still didn't have anything to do with it, but it definitely didn't happen is the official line out of Washington, Mm -hmm. which at this point, Mm -hmm. I get that nation states have to deny that stuff to save face. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, literally everyone has owned up to this already, except you, right? you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not even that they owned up, but literally everyone else got caught red handed. Sure. And just because you were smart enough not to have your people raise their hand at the group meetings you guys were having, doesn't mean you weren't <laughs> standing there in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So what we have here is the makings of a Cold War scandal with links, possible links, well, definite links to secret societies, possible occult shenanigans, and the Catholic Church. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I know you, like me, like a lot of that occult stuff, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. So here's the uh, super fishy stuff about Calvi's death in particular, right? The bridge he was found hanging under Mm -hmm. was the Black Friar Bridge, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you know, which also happened to be the uh, nickname of the members of the Propaganda Do Mason Lodge. They were calling themselves the Black Friars. Okay. In addition to the obvious fishiness of his pockets being loaded with bricks. 
Now, the reason that's fishy is because he wasn't, he didn't actually die from the hanging. His body was staged there. You know, when they finally did death investigations on him a full decade after his body was taken down, they concluded that he was in no way killed at that crime scene and he wasn't killed by hanging. Hmm. So you have all this super loaded symbolism in his death and what do you do with it, right? Blackfriars Blackfriars Bridge, right? Yep. Yes. I wonder what the physical address is and if it's significant. Yeah, that's hard to say. That would actually be something worth looking up, though, for sure. What was I suppose date? I just haven't even gotten to that part of it yet. You know, yeah. I'm still getting all the base details. Right. What was the date and time that Roberto Calvi was found hanging under that bridge? It was the morning of June 18th. June 18th. It was 7-something a.m. when the body was reported. Uh-huh. So the actual time itself doesn't seem to have much symbolism loaded into it. Okay. I don't believe there's much significance to June 18th. Are you aware of any? No, it doesn't really ring a bell. Um, other than it's a few days before the solstice. And I suppose there's the numerology play of six and three and 18, but. I yeah. really feel like that at least is kind of grasping at straws though. Yeah. That you know, is, it's that yeah. meme about ha ha. Look at the schizophrenic who found a pattern in the numbers. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking, uh, just skimming to see if there's anything off the top of my head here that, eh, not really. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened on that day. But, um, yeah, but none enough, of it seems like particularly loaded, though, right? No, but funny enough, when you, <laughs> not that this is a trustworthy source, but when you look up June 18th on, on Wikipedia, <laughs> in 1982, the entry says Italian banker Roberto Calvi's body is discovered hanging beneath Blackfriars Bridge in London, England. <laughs> At least in the modern era, that probably is the most well-known event associated with that date, though. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Can't think of anything that would even come close. Yeah, no, this, um, nothing jumps out at me. Hmm, interesting. So I have this problem with basically everything I do with the Scarlet Thread Society. Yeah, I'm sure there is. And, you know, I go through all this work of just continuing and continuing and continuing to try and unspool all this, and it always ends up being a million times more complicated than I want it to be. You know, if I had the means to just make this a full-time job, maybe I could actually do it justice. Mm -hmm. But as it stands, I would need like half a dozen unpaid interns to help me sort through this. Easily. Yeah, easily. I, I sympathize with that completely. Hmm. You know, the, the death, the death of Roberto Calvi, for some reason, it just reminds me of the mythological death of the first Mason who was found uh, murdered. If I'm, I'm Hiram Abiff, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. legend you're referring to. Yes, yeah. How he had his 
innards pulled out and all that kind of thing. Yeah, his uh, body was ritually mutilated. Um, mm-hmm. I believe the tale goes that he was robbed for the payroll sheets or something, or the blueprints of Solomon's Temple or some yeah. basically a legal document. <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the legend, of course, also going that he didn't end up giving it up. And that is the entire key to the Masonry's secrecy. Or the Masons' secrecy. Yeah, supposedly. Um, I don't know. The, the origin of the Masons is a little hazy for me. But as far as the connection between Calvi's death and, and Hiram's death, of course, is being that it's highly ritualistic, obviously staged for a reason to be symbolic um you know a sacrifice in itself but the question is for what reason yeah and you know to your point the whole can you believe the mason story do you dare believe the mason story are they just feeding you a line because it's funny to laugh at the normies yeah, and I mean, honestly, I don't want to get too political, but I, I I, would have to say that a lot of the anti-Masonic stuff that I've seen um, was basically just anti-Catholic stuff with, with a heavy disguise. So, Which, of course, is insane, given how anti-Mason the Catholics were for so long. And, you know, online, they still are. Yeah. Which is even funnier to me now yet, too, when you consider that, at least in modern America, mm-hmm. the Freemasons are, you know, no offense to my Mason listeners. I know there's a handful of you. Mm-hmm. At this point, your organization is basically a boomer supper club, at least here in the States. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I again, not to uh, malign anybody who's listening who is a Mason, I... I... <laughs> Don't have any disrespect for you, but um, that does seem to be like the Shriners seem to be, to me, the most visible part of 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 that. Um, and yeah, you're right. It does kind of give me that vibe of a boomer supper club. But, you know, I suppose maybe that's intentional branding, too. But at the, in this day and age, I just associate the Freemasons with pancake dinners and making sure you can get your buddy a job in the local government. Yeah, I mean, they really would be no different than, say, a Moose Lodge or a Kiwanis, right? Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's tiers to it, too, though. As you advance in your degrees and you get higher up in the organization, you've got access to other more powerful people. But, you know, even then, I think if you want to get into the real spooky stuff that's associated Mm -hmm. with them, it seems to me like they're probably at this point used as more of a feeder league for other organizations than they are yeah. a power unto themselves. Right. And so when you when you get up into, uh, we'll say, into the inner circle, that's when you get uh, access to Bohemian Grove. <laughs> right, right. Or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the one secret organization here in the States that I never really got a good feel for mm-hmm. is the Odd Fellows. Do you know anything about them? That's funny because um, many, many years ago, I was really interested in um, demographics and populations and things like this. And one of the ways you study that is by looking at cemeteries. And one of the most prolific symbols that I came across on headstones was the Oddfellow symbol, which is that 
it's like three pieces of chain connected together. Um, and I don't remember what that stands for, so but I don't think they exist anymore, so I don't think we're going to offend anybody. Um, but a lot of people were members of the Odd Fellows back in the day. Um, and I cannot remember. <sighs> I knew this at one point. Um, they were dedicated to a couple different causes. Boy, I do not remember. But yeah, they are kind of a... Um, uh, <laughs> they are Odd Fellows. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think there was a while there, if I'm remembering my own very surface level knowledge correctly, mm-hmm. that they were alleged to have like the largest secret fraternal order membership in the world for a while there, even above the Masons. Yeah. Um, as I recall, the odd fellows were founded in sort of a, um, a response to the other secret societies. Um, oh, the triple links mean friendship, love, and truth. That's what the three links mean. Yeah, I'm, Which, you know, seems innocent enough. Yeah. The Catholics were very opposed to them. Secret societies in general. Yeah. Which, you know, I can't hold against them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember true. some people making hay about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. But do you uh, remember that George Floyd's death was literally right next door to an Odd Fellows Lodge, too? No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. I always thought that was a little curious. I don't necessarily think there's anything more to it, but again, goes back to, ha ha, look, the schizophrenic noticed something. (laughs) Yeah. um, I hadn't even thought of that or hadn't even considered it. Um, And I don't even think, I'm not even sure if the odd fellows are still active or not. Yeah, I don't even know if they are either. I sincerely have no idea. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I confused them with the Hellfire Club, but that those guys were totally... Oh, that's a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah, a whole different animal, not to be confused with the Hellfire Club of Stranger, Fa- Stranger Things. Um, oh, are they using the Hellfire Club as a plot point in that? The Hellfire Club is the name of their D&D group in season four. Okay. See, because I only ever watched the first season. Okay. And I didn't know if I was, should get more into it or if it ended up being kind of lame. I don't I don't know what to make well, of that. What do you uh, think of it? Sounds like you've kept up with it. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I watched season one. Um, this is a bit of a digression, but I watched season one and I thought it was fun. Um, if... Mostly for the fact that the the Easter eggs that they hide in the show, calling back to other movies and pop culture moments and things like this, and the music especially too. Um, I stepped away from it after season two because I thought it was kind of meandering. And then here we are all these years later and season four comes out and I watched the first half of that and it kind of rekindled my interest. I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm a fan per se because I have some criticisms of the show, but – I do like again. I still like the the uh, Easter eggs and the callbacks that they make. Um, that kind of checks my nostalgia box for a person who grew up in the '80s. But uh, sure, you know, and I do, I don't necessarily want to come across as a hipster or anything because I did enjoy the first season of it. But as soon as it started blowing up, I just kind of lost interest in it because I, 
just don't want to watch the show that everyone's talking about 24 seven, unless it has a very specific yeah. interest for me. And as a nineties baby, I kind of yeah, missed I... not all of that moment, but a good deal of it. Sure. Sure. And, uh, I, I would agree with you on that sentiment because when everybody was, was raving about game, game of Thrones, I, I couldn't stand it. So I, I never watched it. So I'm maybe one of, one of maybe, you know, 20 people in the world that never watched game of Thrones. So, <laughs> yeah, I read that book series as a teenager mm-hmm. because I loved that sort of gritty fantasy, but I hadn't developed real actual taste mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> you know, Sure, Fuck sure. you, George Martin. I said it. Mm-hmm. You have no mm-hmm. skill. But uh, I did also watch the first season of the TV show mm-hmm. around that time, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it was you like know, it wasn't for me. Yeah, it just to me it reeked of let's let's see how we could make Tolkien edgier, and so it, it, my kind of unprofessional opinion is that you know that. The author was kind of like an edge lord, and was kind of like, ha ha ha! How can we make this really edgy? Oh, let's have lots of sex, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, my, my you know, and word. Martin has said as much. You know, he's said that his work is a response to Tolkien, mm-hmm. and I think about that, and I wonder to myself, do you think you're owning him because this is schlock, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, do you think you're doing some great counter argument? Because you're really just not. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think yeah. I do think he built this really interesting, fascinating world with sure. these dynamic factions and nations. Yeah. And he did a good job even of building some of the cultures in that world. Right. And then every character is okay, but what if I fucked my brother though? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just kind of devolved into a nihilistic uh, murder fest. And I, you know, like, what side do I root for? I really don't care anymore. I just want all these people to die, you know, (laughs) kind of a thing. So, yeah, you know, and I think that's the response he was baiting because he thought Mm -hmm. it was making some great point to have no likable characters. But like, you're really not. No. Mm -mm. Well, and yeah. That'd be a good question. How and in, in what respect do a lot of these uh, pop culture TV shows slash movie, hmm, I don't know, for lack of a better word, cults tie into the broader world of conspiracy? That's a that's a question for a, another day. <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded one. Yeah. I remember a number of years ago. I don't know if he still does. But a number of years ago, that's one of the reasons that Jay Dyer kind of blew up, right? Hollywood symbolism and whatnot. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I don't, I don't know if he still does that, but I remember him doing some very good work on that stuff. You know, in the mid 2010s, in the late aughts. Sure, that kind of um, that definitely falls into the territory that uh, Christopher Knowles would cover. That would be his beat, for sure. But. Uh... Oh, yeah. And, you know, I just love his work there. Uh, yeah. The name of that blog, Secret Sun, Secret Sunspot. Yeah, Secret Sun blog. Yeah, that's that's really an interesting read. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty of synchromysticism, you got to check that out. And there are a couple of people, I believe it's um, 
Lauren Coleman, who coined the term synchromysticism, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that kinda, wouldn't surprise like, me one bit, but I don't know for a fact. Yeah, I kind of like Noel's take on it better. So uh, that's just my own opinion. Yeah, well, do you want to talk about him a little bit, maybe? Because uh, I remember for a while, and I think mm-hmm. he still is pushing this, he had this idea of repaganization and a Mithra cult resurgent underpinning a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world. Yeah, Mithras. Um, and and I, I'm not an expert in, in whole, his theory, but and I even, to a certain extent, kind of disagree with some of his points, but he... His theory is that, boy, this is a really broad statement, and it, it doesn't do it justice, but that in broad strokes, the, the events we're seeing today in, in in the timeline, so to speak, um, are being – they're kind of like rituals that are causing or bringing about some sort of um, – I guess for lack of a better word, some sort of a, a pagan reawakening, which uh, – I mean, that's the point I take issue with because I think that's already occurred um, for good or for bad. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but um, his point is that the Mithras cult was, I guess, pretty bad. And the stuff that they would want to do would also in turn be pretty bad. Um, And I think that there's some uh, there's some Hecate stuff wrapped up in that, too, but. Yeah, I seem to remember reading some of that in some of his posts, but I'm not quite sure how the connection gets made there. Yeah. And, you know, to his point about him saying these are clearly bad guys, I don't think I've ever really heard him talk about who the good guys are, though. You know, I'm not sure he's got one. He seems very keenly individualistic in that sense. Yeah, you know, and that's that's something I look for when I look at these these kinds of things. You know, you look at you look at what his writings are, and I, I take them as kind of a story. And so I look for a plot, I look for good guys, I look for bad guys, I look for whatever's occurring in the story. And I see a lot of this is where it's going, and it's not good. But I don't see a lot of here's how we could turn this around. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just looking for more. Um, it, it is, in a sense, um, if you're familiar with the term Jeremiah, which is – it's funny. I think I tweeted about this recently. Uh, you know, As a man gets older, he just wants to sit down at his cabin in the woods and write a screed about how he hates the modern world. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes I see that in his reflected in, in Noel's writing. Um, just want to sit down and be like, you know, I can't stand these kids and their stupid music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get off I, of my lawn. <laughs> I think that's an extremely natural impulse myself. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite got it yet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure someday my turn will come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 regardless of whether, regardless, it, it, it's interesting reading and his theory that, you know the the connections that he makes, the synchronicities that he's that he makes are just, in my opinion, just flawless. And I know somebody who's not steeped in this would look at it and say, "Well, that's just a bunch of crazy uh, schizo connections," you know, whatever. And to which I would say, "Well, you know, laugh it up, fun guy. <laughs> when it all comes down, guess who's going to be right?" <laughs> right. So yeah, 
you know, and I've said as much too, you know, I pump his work all the time to people. And mm-hmm. I honestly believe that he has the best mind for synchronicity, you know, that's at least publicly in the game today. I really yeah. do. I would agree. I need to pick up a couple of his books at some point, but yeah, I mean that his talking about that stuff, it's kind of what got me back into synchromysticism. that and the fact we were talking about keel a lot on the gaslight hour. Um, because Keel kind of touched on some of that stuff, and uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting to look at that. I'm sure there's a lot of synchromysticism in the uh, the Vatican banking scandal, just waiting to be revealed. Oh, I'm sure there is too. Mm-hmm. And you know, if only I had a few more hours every single day, and then an extra day in the week. Right. <laughs> A team of of interns. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, even the fact that Calvi's killers, or rather his alleged killers, ended up killed themselves is just one more piece of the puzzle, right? To get back yeah. to that. It's, yeah. what do you even do with something like that, right? Right. Yeah, that's, um, that is really something but i mean it kind of makes sense from an intelligence agency point of view right you have the people who commit the crime and then you have to get rid of the people who committed it but at some point you run out of people so somebody has to know right but uh right there's a last link somewhere yeah and the reason i bring that up is because that it's got such a commonality with other hot point assassinations of Mm -hmm. the 20th century Mm-hmm. because the people who actually ended up being his alleged killers were mafia hitmen. Well, through mm-hmm. almost the entirety of right. the 20th century, the mafia hitmen were used by intelligence agencies, specifically in America for plausible deniability. Right. You know, look at Jack Ruby, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or so, you know, time. you got a very obvious calling card there. But, yeah, or, or all the times they tried to hire the mob to to off Castro, supposedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Um. Gosh, I was just going to say something. Uh, on a tangent here, related to assassinations. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people uh, on the socials are pretty fond of uh, doing the old uh, AI generated image stuff. And I was pretty suspicious of this at first, and I still kind of am. But I thought, what, what if what if you were able to go into one of these websites um, and punch in a question like, who killed JFK? Uh, what, what would it output? Oh, man. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and um, all it did was output a bunch of images of JFK himself. <laughs> So, JFK like, didn't kill himself? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, I typed in "Who killed JFK?" and it gave me back uh, nine images of JFK in various. Well, let's say JFK looking uh, things um, in various places, including in in the uh, in Dallas. So I was like, oh, so JFK killed JFK. All right, that works. 
You know, and I think about that every time I see someone get all hot and bothered about AI. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, you realize this is just running like a behind the scenes checksum against search terms, right? Yeah. And the thing that strikes me really as funny is when you see those images at a distance, they look real, but as soon as you zoom in, they disassemble, right? Right. You know, they're not even coherent images. They're relying on the human's mind to pattern seek, right? Right, right, right. And so this is very meta, but you know, what does that say about everything else around us? So at a distance, this looks like a building, but up close, maybe it's not. (laughs) So at a distance, this looks like a conspiracy, but up close, it's just a whole bunch of different things all glommed together, you know? Yeah, you know, and there's certainly times when we do actively run into that, a sort of a comedy of errors or a tragedy of errors. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, though, I think... A lot of times when people do choose to do these dastardly things, they use that very concept as cover, too, though. Right? Something I've gotten into a lot in just the past couple of years specifically Mm -hmm. is emphasizing, um, what's the word I want to use? Incentive alignment among elites, right? Yeah, right. Like, you don't need a secret brotherhood with meeting minutes to do these things. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. They have parallel incentives. They're absolutely aligned in that regard. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like we should run the clip of Alex Jones saying, I don't get into Q stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Having an Alex Jones soundboard would be a fantastic thing. Yeah. (laughs) Or just some clips you can call up and insert. Yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. For me, the one I really want is the freaking chili brain line, how he was claiming in court that he couldn't remember people's names because he'd had a big bowl of chili for lunch. <laughs> that guy never ceases to amaze. I mean, you have to take him for what he is, which is an entertainer. End of story. So he's no worse than half the people that are on television. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. So where where are you at in your progress on the Vatican banking scandal? Like, well, I guess that's a really broad question. Man. Like, how close to <sighs> what do you consider an you know an end, so to speak? That is really the most interesting question, right there. What is the end goal of this? Yeah, I think that the end goal for me. Mm-hmm would be positing, not positing, proving affirmatively mm-hmm. that there, all of these organizations did have an active interest in his death and that at least one connection between yeah. any two of them proving that they're the ones who ultimately schemed it up. Sure. Because the idea that it was just a mafia murder for hire mm-hmm. just doesn't hold weight for me. Sure. You know, because that's that's where this case has ultimately landed in the public understanding of it is that ultimately he was killed because wrapped up in all those bad loans and, you know, other financial scandals that brought down his bank around him. 
that he was killed because he gave away some money he was laundering for the mob. And it right. just seems to me that there's way too many other players involved for it to have been as simple as that. That's just way too neat with the way the rest of the spider web is formed around it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then of course, if you're talking about that, that makes sense to me. And I'm just, it just occurred to me that that would have been during the um, time period of Pope John Paul, who is widely regarded as a good man. So I'm going to have to, I don't know. I'm just taking a wild guess here that maybe at that level, he's completely removed from what's going on in the other parts of Vatican city. Unless of course he isn't as good a person as they say he was, but I don't have any reason to suspect that he was a bad person. So, right. And I think as far as the Vatican itself goes, it probably ties back to the guy who was leading the Vatican bank at that time. Yeah. Uh, The gentleman's name was Mersinkus, I believe is how it's pronounced. Okay. And I, I've got a lot of work to do on him yet. I haven't even started with him. Sure. But I think that he's going to be uh, one of the real keys to any- my thesis. Sure. Have you come across any uh, scandals related to the Swiss Guard? No, but interestingly enough, I did find out, this is just general information that I hadn't known before, Mm-hmm. that the Gladio stay-behind op in Switzerland was called P-26. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'll have to write that one down. That's interesting. P-26. Right. So, you know, what does that mean in context of P-2, right? Right. So are there other chapters that have the same heading? I wonder how that relates to uh, some of the research I've done on the Brabant killers in Belgium. I wonder, yeah. what the name, I wonder what the name of their society was. Yeah, and that that's super interesting because I hadn't even that considered that. that was supposed to be a radio operation. But that's obviously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the rumors. That was a gladio operation. Hmm. Yeah, the threads, they really are uh, tying together, aren't they? <laughs> they they really are, and that's, that's what I love about this. Mm-hmm. People will tell you till they're blue in the face that there's no connection, except it's always staring you right in the freaking face if you spend more than five minutes looking at it. Well, the best place to hide something is in plain sight, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. Huh, Interesting. May have to do some more digging on that. Yeah, I just thought that that was just way too good for it to be a coincidence, right? Yeah. You can't tell me that P2 in Italy, with all these high-ranking government officials, is Mm -hmm. just nothing when the same exact thing's happening in Switzerland under the name P26. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, and I'm just, just riffing here, I wonder if the Swiss branch, P26, had any connection with the people, oh, that UFO cult that all committed suicide in the Swiss chalet. Boy, wouldn't that be a connection? I'm not sure I'm even familiar with what you're talking about. Uh, the precursor of the Heaven's Gate cult was started by a Frenchman in Switzerland. Um, I'm going to have to look him up. I think, oh, the Raelians. The Raelians. Um, and 
a number of them, 38 or 40 of them, uh, committed suicide in a Swiss chalet. Ooh, I want to say like a year or six months before the Heaven's Gate people did. Um, and there was also a group in Montreal, I think, that took their own lives. But anyway, yeah, it's just kind of a weird, another one of those weird data points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, that almost gets to the territory where you start wondering about things like people who were connected with Lyndon Johnson and also Manson. Mm-hmm. And also, they were all doing UFO contact stuff with Ouija boards. Mm. That's interesting. You know, I don't. I'm genuinely not one of the people that thinks it always comes back to UFOs because I don't think UFOs are the root cause. Mm-hmm. But it really is wild, though, just how often that does crop back up. Yeah, it seems like the um, the connections with some of these things to uh, quote unquote new religions is uh, yeah, it doesn't take much to find them. Um, I suppose there's some there are some people who would say that the new religions themselves were the product of an intelligence agency in order to drive a certain operation, but. Uh, it's hard to say. Oh. You still there? Yep, still here. Did you get okay. some interference? Yeah, I thought there was something going on there for a second, but I think we're good. Yeah, we started talking about the Raelians, and then suddenly something happened to our recording. That's really, really strange. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's the thread right there, huh? Mm-hmm. I yeah, remember exactly. in the early days of the Gaslight Hour, guaranteed uh-huh. it was just the fact that we all had shitty internet connections, but we joked about that a lot in the early episodes, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Start talking about Keel and Mothman and all that sort of stuff, and all of a sudden you're you're getting jammed. <laughs> There it is again. (sighs) That's funny. Was there anything else you wanted to riff about tonight? Uh, You know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. It's really hard to pick a topic, but I think the best thing I could, the only thing I wanted to say just in general is, hey, everybody, stay safe out there. (laughs) Yeah. Don't talk to journalists, and if you do, use a fake name and an empty parking ramp. Yep. There you go. There you go. Don't talk to journalists. Don't talk to cops. Watch your six. Stay safe. Take your vitamin supplements. Filter your water. There you go. There you go. Stay away from soy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah, that's all I that's think all I'm all about ready to wrap for the evening if you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. This was a real treat. I would like to do more stuff with you specifically. You bet. I've always enjoyed these conversations. Let's uh let's plan on doing it again, huh? Absolutely. 